All right. Hello, world. If this is your first episode, welcome. Uh, You can tell from the title we're doing something special. Uh, This is the third and final part of our special crossover series with Not Your Father's Movies, covering Richard Linklater's Before series. Uh, I'm your host, sir, and I love talking about movies. This is the place where I come to get my fix. You can follow the pod on whatever streaming service you are listening to it on currently, as well as YouTube, and you can follow me on Twitter at MyMovieFixPod. Today's episode, of course, is Before Midnight, and my guest to help me get my fix is none other than Mike from Not Your Father's Movies. Mike, say hello to the world. Hello, world. Hello, sir. (laughs) This is... Ah, this is the the end of the trilogy. You know, this is weird. You know, this is like, it was awesome having this little crossover and talk about these movies, but we've reached three of three. And I'm very glad to have you here closing this out. I'm excited to be here. Really stoked. Uh, I, I have not listened to the, the other two yet, so I have no idea what Vito or Jesse said. Um, can't wait to argue with them about our opinions <laughs> in the future. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil the thing they said, so you can have awesome. it. Um, awesome. So, of course, we're going to start with recommendations. Um, but still, I want to recommend a romantic movie since we're doing a romantic series. So we're going to recommend a you know, rom-com, a Pulitzer Heartstrings type film. Uh, Then we're going to move into the review portion. But of course, since we're crossing over with Not Your Father's Movies, uh, we're going to start with our overall nostalgia, what kind of nostalgia we have for the movie. Then we are going to discuss if this is a movie that we're going to show our kids. And then um, we're going to go into our uh, full review, followed by our spoiler section. And then the big question of the day, is this a dad movie? And finally, we're going to wrap up, as we always do, with our send-off, our parting gift. Something we've seen during the week, non-movie-related, that we uh, recommend to you. That is the format. That's how we roll. And um, you're our guest, or it's a crossover. You're you're part of the show, Mike. Why don't you start us off? Um, Tell me what you recommend. Tell me um, a romantic movie, rom-com, tearjerker, you know. Okay, what movie do you recommend for the folks? Well, I uh, so I was toying with trying to to turn um, No Country for Old Men into a romantic <laughs> movie because today I saw on Twitter it is the 14th anniversary of the day it was released. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think even I can I you can have do to that. really stretch to make that a rom com. <laughs> it's it's definitely not a rom com. I know that. Uh, but, uh, but because, you know, because I can't, I can't get quite there. Um, I'm going to recommend when Harry met Sally, which, you know, I think a lot of people have probably recommended this, uh, or, or at least, uh, have seen this already, but it's my favorite romantic comedy movie. Um, I actually just saw it with my wife a couple of years ago for the first time and it was amazing. It's hilarious. Uh, it's, it's a ton of fun. Highly recommend it. You should go out and see it if you haven't seen it already. I don't know, sir. You uh, you shrugged there. Did I did I did I steal your pick? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm I, as I've talked about before. I'm a big romance type of guy. I love rom com. I love romantic movies. Um, I talked about last week how I had a, a top two. Uh, my number Ooh. two was um, I Walk to Remember, and okay. I said I'm. 
My number one has to be my number one. I'm saving that for next week. And Mike comes in here out of nowhere and steals away my number one. <laughs> so that's awesome. When, when Harry met Sally, that's my that's my jam. That's my you know that's the one I can. I've watched it. I don't know how many times. You know, um, as I I recently split up with my my girlfriend not too long ago. So New Year's like four or five years ago, or whatever, something like that. Yeah, and I was drinking, and I was on Facebook, and I was like, "It's not because I'm lonely. It's not because it's New Year's Eve. Um, I'm here because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Something you know, it's just uh, I was, you know, it's one of those. That was my movie. I was watching, and I was like, ah, you know, you, you know, you know, when you have those moments. <laughs> but, oh yeah, yeah. So. That's that was my number one. So now I gotta pick a backup because you. you stole oh no no, me. that's all right. That's all right. We can both have the same number one. I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. What? Why? Why is that your favorite? Though I mean, like, what about yeah, it? It's just the. I don't know. Just that. That it's it's just a perfect movie. It was, it's in the '80s, and when you know, it's just it feels of that different era, you know. And I just love the the dynamic of the characters, the the stories told in an interesting way. Rob Reiner, my favorite director of all time. Uh, I've, he's just made so many movies I love. And speaking of, Castle Rock Entertainment, his company, responsible for all three of these movies. You know, yeah. so Rob Reiner, I love him. It's just, it just, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a trope now. It's a cliche now, but I think when it came out, it was new and fresh, having the, the best friends who end up falling for each other. And, you know they're going to end up together because they're on the poster, but they just don't like each other, have completely different personalities. And then kind of like, you know, these series, it cuts to like 10 years later, whatever, they see each other. They just remember, oh, you're that person from that thing. And they're, they still don't like each other. And but they get that friendship and then they become besties and she falls for him and he d- doesn't, you know, isn't quite there. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, he has that realization and, it's not because I'm lonely. It's not because it's New Year's Eve. I'm here because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's great. It's perfect. It's a cliche for a reason. It's perfect for a reason. That's just an awesome movie. So if you haven't watched When Harry Met Sally because you think it's a, you know, it's, it's corny or it's, again, it's cliche and you don't, you know, it's, it's a, it's known as what it is for a reason because it's great. Yeah. So. It's a cliche for a reason. Yeah. I felt I felt like it was a good one to to go along with this uh, this series as Absolutely, well with yeah. the you know with with the you know meeting again every every yeah. five years every ten years something like that. Indeed. So thanks for stealing my thunder, but yeah, I got I got I got, <laughs> I got my juice out. Definitely recommend when Harry met Sally. So um, so let's move into it. The reason we're here, I guess, I'll let you I'll let you lead this one because you're kind of you know nostalgia comes from the Not Your Father's movie spy. It's kind of your, your way. Of, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, with with our podcast, what we like to do is is we're we're trying to find the new con- uh, the new canon of dad dad movies. You know, we all know like Star Wars. That's a dad movie. We know uh, I don't know U five seven one is a dad movie. Maybe maybe that's part of the new canon. <laughs> But it's kind of defining, like we all have kids, they're all pretty young, but movies were a big part of our lives growing up. And we want to make sure to show them the good ones and, and avoid the bad ones or the ones that maybe didn't last. So nostalgia is really important with that, thinking about how we remember things. And uh, then we come back and take a look at it again. It's it's kind of fun. But honestly, with Before Midnight, I have no nostalgia for it. I did not see it until this past week, actually. 
Had yeah. you seen the first two already? I, I had. I saw okay. both of both of them in college. I don't know. I I just I, I wanted to wait until I was a little bit older, maybe before I saw Before Midnight, because I was like, you know what? I'm I'm not in any sort of serious relationship when it came out. And uh, I'm not I'm not ready to see these people be bummed out. Um, <laughs> so I chose not to see it. And uh, I kind of regret it at this point, having watched it. But with these people uh, and with the, the first two movies, I, I did see them both in college. I saw um, Before Sunset first, actually. Wait, I saw the second one first, Before, before Sunset, Sunset first yeah. and then Before Sunrise. I saw after it. So I saw it out of order and it was it, it was fun rewatching them again because at the time, you know, when I was 20 or 21, when I saw the, saw these movies, I thought, oh, wow, these kids are or these people are so much older than I am. Um, <laughs> and like like that's what's in the future for me um, or something like that. And and now I'm I'm their age and before sunset and uh you know, looking back at the both before sunrise, I was like, Oh, these people are just like me. Like they're so deep and they're so interesting and they're having these incredible conversations and, uh, watching it now. I, there's, they're a little silly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) they're a little young and it, it, but it's, it's a, I found it to be a really, uh, sort of wonderful, refreshing look on, on my own youth in a way. I don't know. But when it comes to before midnight, I mean, I don't really have any nostalgia. I it's it's a weird one, though, because like these are people that I feel like I know or that I've I've had around in my life for a long time. Yeah. Um, And to see them now, nine years later, it's about nine years later for me, too. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I was keeping quiet because, again, I haven't spoiled to you uh, how we felt. But I'm sure when you go back and. You listen to the other two episodes about how we felt watching it back then versus now. You'll you get some, you know, um, familiar shades of what you just said. So, yeah, <laughs> for myself, this was watching this is what transformed this series for me. Um, again, I'm not entirely sure when I saw it for the first time, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think it came out in 2013. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it came out in yeah. 2013. But I remember seeing Before Sunset before this came out because I heard it was, you know, people loved the first two and I wanted to kind of catch up before I saw the third one. And I remember feeling anxious because the first two were perfect. And it's like, how do you, I don't, it's like, you, you, if you're batting a thousand, every time you go up to bat, to bat you get scared because you're gonna yeah. it's, it's either you're gonna even get greater or you're gonna screw up a thousand you know so it's just yeah. there's that anxiety so but yeah so I, I remember watching this somewhere around that time right i guess some I had to watch it you know in january of 2013 so i don't know it just it had a heavy impact on how i view relationships and life and love etc and so like i said just the first two were one thing, it, but I didn't really understand what the series was until I watched the third movie. The first one, I'm going to talk you know, a little bit more uh, open about the, the first two, since if you're listening to this, yeah, one, this yeah. is the third one. So semi-spoilers for the first two, and you know, we'll get to the spoiler section for this one a little bit later. But the first one is just the meeting, you know, just that first young 
teen, not a teenager, but early, you know, I guess they were, I don't early know. Early 20s. Age, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, like 22, then, 23. Know, then just that vibe of, you know, liking each other and et cetera. And then the second movie is they're adults. They have, you know, one of them's married, you know, they got kid and it's just who you are at that stage of your life and what, what it means to choose someone or to, uh, again, what love is, you know, I guess I'm not trying to uh, get emotional like I got in the last episode. Sorry, Mike, you don't know what that That's means because right. you didn't hear it. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then this one is about, hmm, how do I, okay, so I'm, I'm phrase it like this. The first movie is what dating is like before sunset is what love is like and before midnight is what marriage is like i, I phrase it like that <laughs> when i first watched it it was it was a hard watch because it's not mm. a happy movie <laughs> before midnight yeah. you know it's, it's not a it's not a romp you know <laughs> um yeah it's, it's not a rom-com it's 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 a movie you know a movie movie and more like a rom sad it left a heavy impact on me it yeah. made me it kind of shaped what I what I should expect from marriage, could expect from marriage. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm giving it more credit, but just I feel like it solidified what I thought of marriage is in my head. And I don't know, it just it stuck with me ever since. And the first two movies, I feel like I've I've changed since watching them and I saw them in a different light because I'm older and wiser. But this one still feels the same. But I, I'm married now, you know, so I, I feel like I'm, I, I'm, I put it like this. I'm looking forward to me watching this again in 10 years. I put it like that, you know, because right about now I'm the age of the people in Before Sunset. I'm, I'm in that age bracket. You know, when I watched Before Sunrise the first time, I was in that age bracket. So it's interesting changing, you know, how I was, who I was back then to how I am now. And like I said, it's just these i don't know we'll get into it later but yes that that's that's my nostalgia it's just it, it really had a big impact about how i felt about the institution of marriage or the the day-to-day of what marriage is and that, that just stuck with me so there's there's my nostalgia like i said i don't, I don't know if that quite qualifies how you guys describe it on your show but yeah so moving on um uh, would you show this to your kids? You know, now you haven't seen it before to, you know, now that you've seen it recently for the first time, is this the type of movie you want to show it to your kids? And I want to split this question up. A, if this movie existed on its own, would you want to show it to your kids? And B, in the scope of these three movies together, would you show this to your kids? Oh, man. I like I, I don't think I'd want to show this to my kids when they're like my kids, mm-hmm. you know? Like this is this is a pretty weighty movie about love and uh, marriage and and relationships. Um, I don't know if if they'd be like I'm I'm trying to imagine what age you're sort of capable of of receiving the message of this movie or yeah. or understanding this movie and I kind of wonder if I'm quite there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. like. I feel the same as you. I, I can't wait till I see this nine years from now when I am the age of, of these people in that yeah. age bracket. Um, and I look back and I think, oh, well, you know, like yeah. at the same time, I feel like it's an extremely valuable one. Um, it's one like it, it teaches a, a, 
I don't know if it teaches a lesson, but I think, like you said, I mean, it gives you a picture or an expectation for for what what this might be. That I I see that as being valuable, uh, a valuable lesson, and it's also you know just a beautiful movie. It's a beautiful work of art too, which is something you know I'm I'm always looking for to show my kids. So it's it's hard to say like both. I feel like both ways I've got the same sort of answer, um, both, both as a part of this trilogy and, uh, and on standing on its own. I think it's got more of a chance of making it as a part of the trilogy. Yeah. Um, but there too, I, I wonder about like, what, when do I sit down with my kids to show them like, Hey, all right. So you're 17, um, time to watch a movie where it shows you the best thing to do is to, like get off on a train with a stranger and wander around Vienna <laughs> or like, Hey, you're, you're 17. Like let's, let's go watch a movie about how you should leave the person you're married to because you don't love them. Yeah. Like that's, uh, I don't know. It's, those are hard. That's yeah. a hard decision to make. I, I feel like this is going to be one of the ones that I put sort of to the side and, and say, I, I'd like to see this or I'd like my kids to see it, but I don't know if I'm the one to show it to them. Yeah. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's, I think that's very fair because my, I asked, this, I asked the question this way because previously my, on the other two episodes, my answer was I want them to be older. I want to show them those two movies after they start dating, but before they're in the serious, you know, I'm thinking about settling down phase because I think it's important, you know, it, it was very important to me. And I think it's very, it would be helpful to shape and help them understand kind of what that is, what it means to choose somebody and settle down with somebody, et cetera. Um, but I, I think I phrased that question specifically because I would show them this movie as part of a series, but I don't know if I would show them this movie on its own because this is... It's darker. It's heavier. Um, it's not a again. It's not a happy movie. And I think to appreciate what this movie is trying to say, you have to have that backstory. You have to have that understanding of who these people used to be. That it's not just two people that kind of got together at a bar and decided to date, and the marriage is shitty down the line. You know, this this is truly the love story. This is two people that met when they were kids, had a night where they fell in love, didn't see each other for nine years, didn't know if they would ever get back to each other, pined for each other, then met up again. He left his wife for her. It's like these two people had real love. To me, my interpretation is this is what it looks like when you're really married to somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with. And I say that with a huge grain of salt because there's a there's a there's a bunch to talk about in the spoiler section, you know. Oh, but yeah. I, I do think that marriage takes commitment. Marriage takes effort. Marriage takes work. Marriage takes understanding and empathy and forgiveness and et cetera, et cetera. And just to the topic of showing this to our kids, I think so the the first two and more more so the first one, the first two, I want to show them again when they're old enough to date, but not older, older. But this movie specifically, I want to show my child or my children when they're 
getting serious, you know, not, you know, not proposed, not engaged, but yeah, yeah. when they're, when they're thinking about settling down, when they're, when they're really dating somebody where they're thinking, Hey, you know, maybe this might be the one, you know, just, you know, when they're in the, I'm no longer just messing around. I'm no longer a kid, but I'm actually thinking about dating somebody seriously phase. That's when I think they should see this movie. That's interesting. I, you know, you saying that I feel, I kind of feel the opposite. Like I, I kind of don't want to show it to them when they're in a relationship mm. or like in a serious, like with all of them, I kind of want them to see it outside of like a, I don't know. I don't know. I got to think about that a little bit more. Cause like, I'm thinking about this and I'm like, you know, like there'd be a great conversation there. Like dad is, is that like, is that what it's really like? Mm. You know, is this what being sometimes. married is like? <laughs> like, well, yeah, sometimes, yeah. but remember this is a day in the life, like a single yeah. day. And if you took a single day out of your mom and Maya's life, like 99% of the time, they're going to be like before sunrise, you know, mm. it's great and it's beautiful and it's, we're having ridiculous conversations and like whatever. But, um, but like once in a while we've got this day and it's never the day it should be because it's never the day it should be. Yeah. I think my thought process behind it is if they're dating somebody that they just like, you know, I think yeah. she's I think she's cool. We get along, but they may not have the type of relationship that could weather these types of storms. I would yeah. want them to watch this type of movie and give them the courage to break up with them. You know, I, you know, I, yeah. I, that phrasing I see what is, you mean. Yeah. yeah that, that phrasing is terrible. That's not I'm not trying to say I want you to break up with a girlfriend to watch this movie, but <laughs> I just I want you when you're when you're making that decision to commit with a capital C to somebody. I want you to have a, a good understanding of what that means. Again, hopefully I've been a good father. Hopefully, you know, we've had conversations, you know, this is not just, hey, I know I haven't talked to you about anything but baseball in the last 20 years, but watch this movie, you know? This will tell you everything you need to know about yeah, relationships, I'm, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Ho hopefully I've laid some groundwork, but I just, I feel like, you know, something like this, I want you to really think before you get on one knee or whatever, before you accept his proposal, can I see myself weathering real storms with this person? And if, if you can't say yes, I'm not saying break up with them, but I'm saying think real hard before moving to that next step. So that's why, that's why I put it in that bracket because once you're married, it's too late, you know? Yeah. Then, then you're before sunsetting. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you might find the real person. Now you got to break up and <laughs> screw your life up, you know? Yeah, I want to do that. Uh, I guess that gets, you get into dark territory real quick. But yeah, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's my, my spiel. That, that's a good, that's a good point. I guess, though, like, maybe I wonder, like, I feel weird about talking about these as, like, an object lesson or, or, or a teaching tool at all because, in a certain way, the lessons that they're they're expressing, they're not lessons. They, they are supposed to be pictures of two people. I feel like more than they're supposed to be like, hey, love should be this way um, or love shouldn't be this way or something like that. It's just this is it's just giving you a picture of of how things are flowing. And uh, like you said, like, I, I hope to have given given my kids a better given them that education foundation. Yeah. Yeah. The foundation where this is not necessarily going to be like the thing, the thing that's necessary for it. Maybe that's where some of my like, I don't know, uh, wishy washiness about it is coming from, because it's like, well, I, I guess like it teaches something maybe 
but I don't really feel like it ought to be used as like a teaching tool. Mm. Although, I mean, I guess if you're just like, yeah, you shouldn't marry that person. Like, let's sit down and watch this movie is a good way yeah. to be like, yeah, that's that's what you're going to go through with them. Um, but I, I feel like that does some disservice to the movie, maybe. I guess I disagree. I, I do see movies as teaching tools sometimes. I I can say something to you or a movie can say something to me better than I could read it in a book or hear somebody say it. I can understand better through that medium. So again, hopefully I, I've laid groundwork, but I feel like, you know, not necessarily just, hey, sit down and watch this and yeah, that's right, what right. I'm trying to say to you. But I do think there are certain movies that, you know, that transcend just the genre, you know, and for me, these three together do that. Yeah. Okay. So let's move into it. That's uh, yeah. We've knocked off. We've checked all the boxes. Let's actually get into the full review here for the movie. Um, this is the trailer for Before Midnight. Oh, we say we were going to stop. They wanted to see the ruins. Yeah, but should we wake them up? No. You know what? Let's do on our way back to the airport. We can catch them. Hmm? You know we won't. Yeah, I'm probably not. And how did you two meet? We met about 18 years ago. We kind of sort of fell in love. And a decade later, we ran into each other. No, no, no. You wrote a book, and I read about it and went to look for it. It's pretty romantic. All right. That was from the trailer for Before Midnight, Richard Linklater's 2013 follow-up to Before Sunrise, Before Sunset. Um, I guess let's just start off with your immediate thoughts. You know, like I said, this is this is fresh for you. This is the first time you saw the movie. So immediately after watching it, what did you think of it? How did you feel? What was your, What's your your fresh feelings after watching this movie. I loved it. This is my favorite of the three. Um, I love this movie. It was painful to watch. It was hilarious. It was personal and not at all about me at the same time. I thought it was just a masterpiece. I, I don't think I can. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. I don't think it, I don't I, think a review can get better than uh, uh, masterpiece. I don't I <laughs> no, my my wife and I watched it together, and uh, and we we just sat there. We watched through credits. We didn't say anything, and they were off, and the lights were were off, and uh, we just talked for a little bit for for a while about it. Um, it was great. We usually don't sit through the credits. I mean, like we have them on, but we start talking, turn the lights on, you know, go to the bathroom, whatever. Yeah, this yeah. is. It's, that's a that's a bold strategy because <laughs> i mean yeah just not well after seeing it you know watching it with your wife that's you got to be in a good place you know because if you're not in a great place with your spouse and you watch that you're gonna have conversations you know they're not you know it's beautiful though like i say it's i, I agree with the phrase masterpiece you know I don't, I don't i don't give that title lightly i think there are very few movies i've seen that would you know qualify I just don't see flaws. Again, there there are critiques I can make. There are, you know, the first movies, you know, maybe character things I didn't like. But altogether, I think the word masterpiece fits for what these movies are and what they're trying to say. And it's the kind of movie that after after you watch, especially watching it with your spouse, you're stuck to the couch. It's just let me (laughs) let me absorb this for a second before we get to talking before. Let's just let's just sit with what we saw for a second. Let's just be here together. You know, so I definitely. I definitely understand that. Well, yeah, so me, myself, uh, again, this is my second time watching it. Um, I think, honestly, so I 
um, I remember movies like, you know, taste like colors, you know, I don't necessarily remember all the individual details. I just kind of remember how they made me feel afterwards. And I, I, I feel the same way I felt after I watched the first one, but I forgot a lot of stuff and the stuff I forgot. is just, it reminds me why this movie is what it is. So there, there are a lot of individual scenes, uh, you know, that I may have not cared for or whatever, but just that last quarter, it just, okay. It's, it's heavy hurting. And just, th- there are parts that I understand differently as an adult that's married now than before and I, I get mad <laughs> at places that I probably would have gotten mad at 10 years ago watching it but again I, I think I agree with the with Masterpiece you just I don't Masterpiece just I was like I feel I feel like I want a better word <laughs> you know because you're watching Before Sunrise and then literally you know Richard Linklater what he does is what you know creates movies over eras and decades you know with boyhood and stuff you're watching people physically grow up you know so watching a movie as good as before sunrise was and then nine years later watching before sunset as good as that was a story to tell because you can get that with actors that look like each other you know and in the same movie you'll watch different scenes oh that's the older person but when you're literally watching the same person be nine years older look differently you know, you know, you know, they're not really married in real life, but you're watching that same person, you know, 20 years older than they were in the first movie. And it's just, I don't know, it just add, it makes it special. It makes yeah. it, you know, there's, there's something. I walked away from this thinking, A, you know, it makes me want to examine my relationship. It makes me want to have conversations with my wife. It makes me want to be more present, you know, because there's, there's lots of flaws in the characters you see and it makes you think about the stuff you do in your own life and yeah it's just it's powerful I put it like that and you gotta appreciate a movie that makes you feel you know because a lot of movies are just entertainment and even even a lot of good movies are just that was a good story I really enjoyed that but again that's why again kind of disagreeing with what you were saying earlier just this one it just has that weight for me, you know, just, it feels like it's saying something more than just, you know, a lot of movies that I find entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't mean, I didn't mean, I didn't think it was saying something, yeah, but maybe, know, yeah. maybe like more, more about using it as simply, Yeah. I don't know, maybe it's just, there's a part of me that rebels in the idea of using a work of art as like a, like, like, Oh, this is a, this is like a textbook. Yeah. I don't want to use, uh, I don't know, like the Mona Lisa is a textbook. Like it's yeah. like, no, the Mona Lisa is Mona Lisa. Like just look <laughs> at it. Don't use it for anything. It's there to yeah. be enjoyed. Um, that's that. That's more what I meant uh, yeah. by that. And, and, and yeah, I think it's got a lot to say for sure about the nature of relationships and, Indeed. So, uh, and stuff. Just yeah. actually getting into the movie. Um, so yeah, I think one of the critiques I had with Before Sunset is the writing wasn't as good as before sunrise and i feel like it may have been on purpose because of the story they're trying to tell and just because of what they had to do in it but especially the first i don't know 20 minutes of this movie it's just oh i just the writing's back <laughs> you oh know, it's I just, so good oh man it's just and <laughs> well, I, 
you know, that's, in- I mean, maybe you talked all, all, all about this before, but I, I also felt that way with, with Before Sunset. And part of it was that it, it didn't really feel like there was, um, I guess there were two things that I noticed that I didn't really like. And one was that there was an imbalance in, in how much each person was talking, uh, making both the characters almost one dimensional in that movie. And like, maybe that's realistic for what, for the story that he's trying to tell, but it's also not as compelling. Yeah. And then she also says, uh, like, you know, it's funny like five times mm. in a row, which <laughs> I thought was, was some, a little bit of an oversight. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, this one, there was definitely not that imbalance at all. I, I don't know. Did you, I, I don't know if you guys talked about that before. Um, we just talked about the the character development, you know, I guess mm-hmm. I felt like what they were to me personally, when I was talking about before sunset, I felt like he knew where he wanted the characters to end and he wrote backwards to make that happen. And I felt like I saw the scenes in before sunset and I feel like that's a good, he yeah. may have known where this one was going to end and wrote backwards, but it didn't feel that way. Yeah, I feel like he knew that they were going to have a fight and and maybe the rest of it was he figured out how that fit together. So, just speaking about the writing in general, I, I it's so I love movies that um as they say in the biz, show don't tell, you know, and there was I mean, I mean I guess it is tell cuz it's all talking, but within the first 10 minutes, you know what happened after the last movie. You know, he's living in Europe because he's like, oh, well, tell him your dad lives in Europe and blah, 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 you know. So, you know, he's no longer with the ex-wife. You know, the son's staying for the summer. You know, he lives in Europe. So it's just kind of without telling you what happened since the last movie, you know, he's been with her. He decides to live in Europe, you know, and you know that the ex-wife's relationship isn't great. (laughs) Just, Just off the first five minutes and. Dude, I totally agree. And, you know, for a movie that tells you so much, like it does a lot more showing than telling about, I don't know, who the people are. Yeah. I, I mean, in a way that like other other movies don't, um, it gets across their personalities through through their language and the way they say things more than maybe even the things that they're saying. Yeah. Um, which which I think is just like that's fantastic writing, right? Like yeah. like so it shows you stuff like physically and and you watch the way they interact, but their relationship is one where they just talk about everything all the time. Yeah, like like going through that and and seeing maybe a less skilled or less um, less skilled people would not be able to get what they get across using the the same words, yeah. right? Yeah, it's just it really shows how. Celine has changed like because I feel like in the first movie um, Jesse was super cynical and she was a bit more I don't know if optimistic is the right word but uh, lighter and I feel like they kind of switched in Before Sunset but in this one she's she just felt super cynical to me and it's just super negative and super you know, again, um, she kind of explains later on in the movie why she kind of feels the way she feels. But I don't know. There, there's, there's some writing that you know you're over the top evil, or you're, you're a shrew, or you're what have you. And again, I, I very much didn't like her character <laughs> at a lot of points in this movie. But I think <laughs> I don't think it was unrealistic, over the top writing. I just I feel like I'm looking at 
the person she is, not necessarily the character she is, you know. Uh, also, speaking, speaking of the writing as well, so they're just living with a bunch of people and you don't know why. I, I part of me wanted to rewind the movie. It's like, did, did they mention it offhand? Who are all these people are? Do they live in a commune now? Are they are they hippies now? Who are these people? And then, you know, you, you get to just talking about Slater and just talking about their books. And uh, yeah, you invited me to this thing. I really appreciate it. So he's like an author that just invited him to live with him for the summer. It's like, so I love that they don't explain anything to you up front. You just kind of got to rock with it and you kind of follow it later and all. But yeah, yeah so... I want to get into the details here. So I really want to jump into the spoiler section, but um, just overall thoughts. I mean, like I said, this, this is a movie you should be watching. You should, if you've gotten this far in this series, you should watch this movie. You're probably listening to this because you have watched it and you love these movies. So, you know, more power to you and enjoy the spoiler section that's coming up. But if you haven't watched it and you're thinking about it and for some reason you're on the third episode halfway through not having watched any of these movies, I implore you, these are movies that should be seen. They're excellent. The the bar, you know, I, I feel like either you don't know, you've never heard of this movie or you love this movie. I, I, I don't know people that have seen this movie or this series has said, oh yeah, that was fine. You know, I feel like everybody who's seen these, oh, I love those movies, you know, that kind of thing. So become one of those people if you're listening to this and you're still undecided. But yeah, so those are my final thoughts. What about you, Mike? Before we get to the spoiler section, anything anything you want to say? Oh yeah, I just totally agree. I know one person who has seen these movies and think that they're navel-gazy trash. Denise, I know you, (laughs) I see you. How dare you, Denise? You're re-watching them and you're going to love them this time. I know it. Um, But yeah. Man, I feel like I'm a better person for having seen this movie. We can ask my wife later. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so from this point forward, spoilers for Before Midnight. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! So to me, marriage is terrifying because you have to give up a piece of who you are, you know, you have to, you have to trust some, you have to let somebody in to who you are as a person. You have to be vulnerable. You have to give them power to hurt you. You know, um, it's, it's a, it's like you, you can't be with somebody and share your life with somebody without letting them into who you are. I say that to say when he was leaving um, the airport after just dropping off his son, I feel like he's in a emotional state. He's in a, I I need to talk to my wife about this state. He's saying, I just, I wish I could be there for my son. I need to be there for my son. He's about to be a teenager. I am his dad. And she immediately just goes into, oh, you want me to move to Chicago? And I was like, and I'm yeah. not moving to Chicago. And it's like, there, that argument is fine. You know, it's like you can interpret what I said wrong and we can talk about that later. That's not what I was trying to say, but, you know, you're my wife and we can talk about this later. But what really pushed me off the deep end of disliking her is when they were at the, um, the dinner and she's talking and she goes, he's so macho. Can you believe what he said to me earlier? He told me I need to give up my uh, my dream dream job to move to Chicago. And it's just the look on his face. I, I felt that in my soul. You know, it's like, yeah. that's not, not only is it not fair, it's not true, 
And why are you painting that picture of me with something I was personally feeling in front of these people? And it's just, I don't know, it just, it really upset me that she was the type of person to mischaracterize what he was saying that way. And just like, I was trying to be vulnerable in that moment, you know, and like you call me macho. And it's like, I was literally trying to be vulnerable, share what my inner thoughts and emotions are with you. And you chose to put it back in my face or publicly try to attack me like this. And I just, I don't know, inly try to attack me like this. And I just, I don't know, in my, in my head, I'm like, if, if I would, if that was my spouse, you know, I'd have to walk away at that moment. He's a better man than me. They're better. They're more better. Cause I, I would, I would personally be hurt and attacked and I'd want to, you know, I want to say something mean back because how dare you, you know, expose me like that, you know, just, and I just, so I don't know. It just, that that scene in particular bothered me because you know I just the I I saw and we'll get into this later. I just saw a lot of myself more in him. I am I'm I'm mad at the same type of way, you know, and just it I I felt I felt that heat <laughs> in that moment of you know how dare you you know that, that's kind of a part of what marriage is when you're sharing your life with somebody sometimes you're gonna have those arguments and sometimes you're gonna say mean things and it's just uh, for you to mischaracter i don't know i just maybe i'm i'm i took it too 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 much to heart so why don't you kind of what, what did you think when you're watching this scene no dude i was i was so pissed i was like <laughs> that bitch i can't believe like like that's horrible man yeah. I, it's like you know you can say whatever you want at home like but in front of in front of these people like you are mischaracterizing what i said at the very least like what i intended and so we need to talk through that because i would never want to just like like jesse isn't going to tell her hey we're moving to chicago you're giving up your job he did not do that at all and and like everything that she said is just like very overblown like it's not her dream job she's gonna be working for this guy she used to work with who she hated, who threw things at the assistants. Like yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a very negative workplace, not a good place to work. Uh, she's kind of giving up on her dreams to do it actually. Um, so like, it, and, and he is, yeah, like you said, he's just feeling, he's feeling very emotional about the fact that his son's going home, man. Yeah. Like, and, and he doesn't have a good enough relationship with his ex-wife to even go to his recital. Um, you know, and that's like his son asked him not to come, um, which like that sucks, dude. That's a, that's a shitty drive home. But then I, I mean, I do think that the movie gives us a little bit more about that, a little bit more of the history much later on when we learn about how, cause at that point, I mean, I don't know about you. I thought like, Hey, he's been living in France since he divorced Mm -hmm. his ex-wife and like, Maybe he That's sees his well, son. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe he sees his son on the weekends and like, or, or like on, in the summers for a few weeks, and that's it. Um, but it turns out they had actually lived in New York for a couple of years, had come back to like right by, uh, right by his his ex, and he was he was able to see his son. But they had come back when uh, Celine had the twins and was very sick and had major PPD, and he wasn't around. Um, PPD is postpartum depression. Uh, if for those who don't know, um, 
I, I imagine you do. So there's history there. They've gone through this. They've tried it out. And she says, if I thought there was more of a chance for you to see your son than every other weekend, I would go to Chicago in a heartbeat. Yeah. Pretty much. Like she, she says, we've had this conversation, but your ex isn't going to let you have anything more than what the judge ordered. And so she's spiraling or whatever and doing things that are mean to him. But it's because they've had this conversation, it seems like a bunch of times before. So there's some history there. Yeah. So like causing her to spot. Yeah. In the moment, I'm just, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm mad, but as, as, as the movie went on, it's like, okay, so neither one of them is, is perfect, you know, and and they've, they've had many conversations before and this is another round. And she says, every time she drops him off, he does get into that kind of vibe. And so maybe, you know, again, I, I do think it was very unfair. I do think it was hurtful, harmful, what what have you. But I think, again, when I'm talking about having that, um, the backdrop of the last two movies, so you can see this movie in full context, thinking about that specific moment in full context, yeah, maybe she was over the top and, you know, hurtful, what have you, but she's probably, as you say, had, had these conversations before. Man. Maybe in, in that specific moment, she's just she's just frustrated. It's like, oh, whatever. It's like, I'm not doing you know. So she probably doesn't mean what she says. It's, it's over the top. And in a normal situation, it wouldn't be such a big deal. But just, you know, where they are and when they are and the stars aligning for this is, you know, that's why we're capturing this day because this is just not a good day for all of this stuff, you know. So, again, very hurtful, whatever. But in hindsight, after she gets her spiel out, you know, she's not in the best place mentally. And, you know, he understands that. And that's, you know, you kind of, you kind of, it puts it into perspective. And I'm, I don't know, I was, I was having trouble being as angry now as I was before yeah. because just I've, I've seen more and I know more. So it's just, but again, that's, that's the dangerous part about, you know, what marriage is. And yeah, I think he, he knows who he's married to and they have the history to survive those type of things that me, being an outside observer, just getting pissed off, being mad, <laughs> you know, about something that I'm, I'm on the outside looking in. So, you know, you yeah. got to live through it. You got experience. You got to know who you're married to. You have to know each other to, you know, to be able to have those types of moments and conversations and it not be the end of everything because you know who you're with. I, so, I mean, that's one of the things I thought was just masterful about about the writing there, too, was was the way. So I guess like the conversation that they have throughout the day you know, gives you the exposition of their last nine years, but you think you have it all. You think you have like the whole, the whole picture in those first 15 minutes. And you're like, Oh, I get these people. Like they've been together forever. Like, that's it. That's all I need to know. And so you're like pissed off at her at the dinner and stuff. But then as the conversation unfolds and you learn more about their life together and more about the the emotional history, um, like you're taking on this journey of, of, of the last nine years over the course of this night. And you're seeing, I don't know, like how much, um, maybe this is darker than, than I really want to say, but how much they've hurt each other over the years. Uh, these two people who love each other very much have hurt each other. I'm I'm reminded of what, uh, it was before sunset. So it was me and Vito talking. Um, these aren't perfect people. Um, yeah. Actually, no, I'm thinking about before sunrise, because I think uh, with Jesse and Liz, when we were talking about is they are 
they're not they're not who you want to be. You can see yourself in them and they're not the perfect rom-com people, but you see how they're good for each other. You know, um, I guess there's a, there's a thin, just thin line right there. It's like a lot, a lot of rom-com movies, a lot of romantic movies, you want perfect person A and perfect person B to get together to have the perfect life or whatever. But you can see that even from the beginning, neither one of these people was perfect. They're both flawed. But when they come together, they work. They the yin and yang of them work so well together that they're they're the perfect type of person that each other needs to have that perfect. Like they work. So I say that to say that argument. You know, when when, we, when they get into it, it's not the healthiest. <laughs> you know, it's uh, <laughs> makes you, me think of the marriage story argument oh, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> a little bit. So, it, so all right, so. Actually, let me let me lead up to it because I, I really like the the walk from the hotel. I mean, from the house oh, yeah. to the hotel because that scene felt the most like the other two movies because the other two movies really are all just walking and talking around town and like the even from the beginning you knew this movie was different. The other two movies started with scenes uh, around Paris and then around uh, Vienna. And then the movie led to those areas. And this one just started off in the airport and because you didn't have the same walkie-talkie that you had in the rest of the movie. So it was really seeing them just walk and talk from the um, the house to the hotel room. You're just reminded of who these people are in the last two movies. And they're the same people. you know. And I think you really needed to, to remember that before you got to the hotel room, just to remind you of what, they've been through and who they are so that you can prepare yourself. You can, they can build up equity in your heart before they tear it down in the next scene. Cause if you start off at zero, you're going into the negative. So they need to build up the equity of the walkie talkie reminding you of the last two movies before they tear it down. So um, getting into the arguments, um, this is what I felt was the most, I don't know, I, I hate to phrase it this way because marriage is a lot, but I felt that that was real. I mean, there was a lot of yeah. pain in that argument. There's a lot of these are two people that know each other, you know, and so it starts off with them. You know, it's just two parents, <laughs> you know, we got a night away from the kids. We're going to do what parents do when they have a night away from the kids. We're going to go to a hotel. We're going to bang and we're going to reminisce about who we used to be. But they start taking off clothes and she takes her top off and he's kissing on her, but they're still talking. And then she starts, you know, being the negative man she is. And she says something about his son um, and his son's mother. And he's just like, can we not do that? You know, it's like, don't, don't talk about my son's mother like that. And it's like, cause you're, when you say negative things about her, he hears negative things about himself. It's just, I mean, it's, it's just, he can't let that go. And it's like, it, you can see, cause you know, I don't know specifically about uh, your life and your marriage with myself. I've been to say, it's like being intimate in the bedroom or whatever. It's it at the beginning, it's fresh. And, but then it's like, you, you know, each other, you know, I can have an argument with, with you half naked because we've seen each other half naked a thousand <laughs> times, you know? So yeah. it's like, so they can, she's half the scene. She's topless, but it's like, because you, you've seen my boobs before. It's like, we're going to have this argument. And, you know, we've had arguments before that still ended us with doing this. I'm not putting my clothes back on, but it's just like, you, you felt the here we go vibe of the argument. It's like, okay, well, now we're doing it. You know, we're, 
we're in the thick of this now. Why would you say that? And she, she is just so, like I said, you can, once she got into it, you saw she had her reasons, but she is, she was very, I don't know, argumentative a bit. And well, it, I mean, it's the second time this has happened because the, uh, his son called her twice yeah. and, and he, he asked to talk to him both of those times. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, like, I don't know, you watch this, it's almost like, uh, you know, every once in a while, my wife and I have an argument and, you know, I like, go outside and I'll be like, oh, I know the point where I could have made this not an argument. Yeah. Like I could have, I could have turned the tide and it could have been like, you know, a better, a, a better conversation when yeah. we're, we grow. Um, instead of instead of not uh and it's like with that all she had to do was just like let him talk to his son for a minute or five minutes or whatever but instead no she she doesn't let him talk to his son even though he's asking to and and then it just kind of goes from there just just to interrupt you for a moment and the worst part about that i don't even blame her for that specifically because it speaks to their relationship because the son called her not him yeah twice so you know and 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 she was talking about how the son opened up to her about his, his his kiss and how they had the long conversation. So it's like he probably does feel more comfortable just with the chitty chat with her. So that's why he called her when he was on the yeah. plane. So it's like I don't even necessarily blame her because that may be their relationship, but he's in a fragile emotional state. And so she didn't go the extra mile to try to, you know, give him what he needed or whatever. But. I don't even blame her for not passing him the phone because to her, it's just, you know, yeah. that's their relationship, you know? So, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and he goes, I thought it was funny. He like, he goes over to turn off the phone. And then I think like, I haven't really seen him use the phone except for when he got that text from about, about his grandmother dying. And so like, he's got, like, he's got to be one of those people who's like trying not to use his phone or whatever. I don't understand these people. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so like he turns it off, she turns it, it, but it felt, it felt very like the beats were real and, and like the way the, I don't know, the, the, the camera moves too. And in the way it, it sort of changes from being like a, a, a sex scene to being like, these are two people, like they're not having sex anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> what I think is amazing about this argument is like, I think that you see these two people doing something that I really, I, I don't, I relate to this, um, I don't relate to everything in this argument, but I feel like uh, love and marriage is a constant battle of selfishness and selflessness. Um, And constantly you're trying to reach out from, I mean, I think this is true of any sort of human interaction, but especially with, with a spouse. I mean, they say, you know, you become one person when you get married. It's true. You do. You're closer with them, you know, than, than anybody else, but it takes a lot of work on a daily basis. I think Mm -hmm. to, to keep that down. Cause I feel like there's a natural inclination in us to keep building up those walls to separate yourself from, from the other person. And sometimes you just want to build that wall up and you want to, you want to make yourself safe um, by cutting them out completely. Yeah. And, and that sort of feels like what she has decided to do with the new job that she's having with the fact that he's uh, he's worried about his son. She's sick of it. Um, I think there's something in him too that wants to do that as well, because maybe she's not the uh, the dream girl that he met that first night in Vienna or thought he met. Uh, it's I, I think it might be a little less clear or, or a little more subtle with him, but uh, I mean, she is who she is and he is who he is, right? Kind of, kind of what I was speaking to earlier. I think neither one of them 
again is perfect. But I do think he yeah. just he he's, he does absolutely love her. It's just yeah. that love isn't the textbook rom com movie that you know Disney has led us to believe, or you know not let, I, I won't say led us to believe. Well, yeah. it's not the same type of love that is in those type of movies. I, I wonder, dude, like is his love of her kind of built off of those dreams? Because in a certain way, it seems like his entire personality has been built, or at least he he's tried to build it in a way that it's just he just loves her. He's written two books. His success in life is based off of, you know, those two nights with her. And he's trying to write other stuff, but it kind of sounds a little like up its own ass a little bit. Like, <laughs> like a little bit. Just, I, don't, I don't know if these are going very far. But you know what I mean? Like defining yourself by another person. I don't think that that's fully healthy. Like you just learned so much <laughs> in that argument about who they are. I know. It's, just, it's, it's that's, that's why I'm having trouble talking about it. It's because there's so many layers to what that yeah. conversation is. and. You know, you hear her talk about how she feels like, you know, on one hand, she's super aggressive, super independent. On the other hand, she's talking about how she feels like a submissive housewife and all she do is cook and clean and take care of the house and do the diaper. That diapers are older now, but, you know, make the bags and stuff and how she doesn't feel like she has any independence to herself anymore. And he gets to write when he has inspiration, but she doesn't get to do anything she wants to do anymore. You know, while on the same hand, it's just she does take charge. And I don't know if that is the writing or him being a really witty person or just how he's able to flip everything she says. And I don't know, I respect it so much as as somebody who has lost those arguments. You know, he says she goes full on. I'm a housewife and blah, 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 blah. And he goes, you're not because this, this and this and this. And she's like, well, I can't say shit to that. You know, so it's just. That just their dynamic is so I don't know, it feels like a marriage of somebody that's been together 40 years. But so let me let me get to the main, the crux of the the heat of that argument. Here's the argument I made at the end of Before Sunset. He truly believed he married the wrong woman and Celine was his soulmate. So he left his wife, left his child, broke up his home to be with the woman he wanted to spend the rest of his life with and should spend the rest of his life with. And then this argument, you find out he cheated on Celine with some chick from a bookstore. You know, yeah. it's not outright said, but it's it's said. But did you cheat on me? Are you asking if I love you? The question is yes. Did you cheat on me? Are you at? Am I committed to you? Yes. Did you? So you're saying you cheated on me. So I don't like to talk about it. So it's like, yeah, you, you cheated. It's like that. Yeah. It put me of, of two minds. A, he's really trash. And he cheated on his first wife. He cheated on Celine. He's just a cheater. He says he loves her. But what does that really mean if he can cheat with the bookstore girl and he gave that really pretentious cheater line about, I don't like to define myself and we can't blah, 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 whatever he said, you know? And yeah. that felt really a thing a cheater would say. But then the, the other half of my mind is like, or maybe this is what marriage is for them, you know? Cause maybe she did blow the professor and, or her ex-boyfriend or what have you. And maybe they can physically mess with other people, but, it doesn't change who they love. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time on internet threads and Reddit threads where people argue that marriage isn't meant to be monogamous and et cetera, et cetera. And I can sleep with somebody else, but still love you. And I mean, sure, there's an argument for that. Some of the people follow that philosophy. And so who am I to, to say that because he cheated on her, he loves her any less? Because clearly he loves her, you know? So even just watching it again, as somebody who's married now, that 
does give me pause. And I don't really know yeah. where I I land on that because just over the course of the last two movies and especially the way the movie ended, I, I really do believe they love each other and should stay married. But he cheated on her <laughs> and yeah. she probably cheated on him. And he cheated on his first wife. So it's like it's it's messy and. Maybe that's real life because I don't know one person that has a perfect life and a perfect marriage. So maybe, maybe that is real life. But again, I, I'm giving kudos and taking away from this movie for the same reason, just because it, it isn't simple and pretty, you know? Yeah, man. Like all these movies, they, they get around to the question of what love is. Like, what is love? Is there yeah. such a thing as love? Is there a soulmate? I mean, that's that's what the, the the dinner scene, you know, you've got people who all have sort of different opinions about love there with the, the youngest people being like the most depressing of all. Yeah. Like that sucked, dude. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah, we're going to break up someday. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's like, whoa, <laughs> man, what are you in? Yeah. What's the point of life? <laughs> Again, I don't know if that's the, the, the Twitter world. Why were they so nihilistic or whatever? It's just like, well, yeah. That's that's what it's gonna be. So let's live according to that doctrine. It's like eh, maybe watch before sunrise and believe in love. You know, so. yeah, have some belief. Well, I I really love the way that the the lady I don't remember her name off the top of my head, but she talks about after her husband died, and she doesn't really talk about their marriage. Like everyone's been telling these stories, and yeah. and I think that um uh, the the Greek wife, like like the young the younger wife. <laughs> The younger Greek woman. Um, yeah. She's talking about how there was a grandmother who left a note um, that was like 17 pages long. She devoted one paragraph to her husband um, who had died 20 years before about how like, well, we moved here because of his job. We did this because of that. And now he's dead. And it's kind of juxtaposed with that um, where the uh, the older lady who's um, who's the writer, uh, the writer's friend who owns the house and who had invited yeah. Ethan Hawke there. She says, you know, when I was um, like my husband and I were together for many years and uh, when he died, uh, it, it was something like I see his face or like I, I I sit there and I imagine him. I miss the very small motions that he would make, the very small things that he would do, his smells. And so sometimes in the morning, you know, I wake up before the sun rises and I can see him and I can see his face. But as the sun comes up, he disappears and uh, she says something like, that's kind of what life is like. We're here for a moment. We are a transient face and then we're gone. And I feel like that might be as close as Richard Linklater has gotten uh, to answering the question that he's posing in these movies, which is, you know, what is love? What is the point of love? What is the point of our desire for human connection? Uh, I don't know how much of an answer it is or, or what what it is exactly that he's saying with that. But but it seems like that that's kind of what he's trying to to say and i think that's why they i kind of wonder if that's why they stay together it feels like even though they've both cheated on each other and both have their messy feelings toward each other and even if he is kind of sending toward each other blah 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 if they just continue on as they've been going for another 20 40 years or whatever i think it was 56 years yeah they'd have to be 80 80 or whatever i feel like at the end of that she could have the exact same speech that the lady at dinner had. Yeah, their marriage was a mess and they weren't faithful to each other, but they truly loved each other. And when he died, she's going to miss him. And it's like, so is that what love is or should be, even if your marriage was imperfect? And I feel like asking the question does more than trying to answer it. And I feel like this movie says more about the 
of the process of marriage, of being with someone. That's what this movie is saying more about. All that's going to lead me to the end of this movie. After that big argument they have, um, she says, I don't, I don't love you anymore. You know, it's just, I think I've come to the realization that I just don't love you anymore. That's what this means. She goes out to sit by herself on the, on the dock and he walks up pretending to be a time traveler. Just, excuse me, listen, blah, blah, blah. He pulls a blank piece of paper out. He's, he reads her a note trying to make her laugh. And she's just not having it. She's just like, I'm mad at you. And this ain't going to change anything. Yeah, we might end up sleeping together, but it's all going to be the same. And I don't love you anymore. And why this movie has such an impact on me and why this movie makes me believe in love at the end of the day, he goes, this is what love is. <laughs> you know, we're mad at each other. We have a family. We're in the, a loving household and all that kind of stuff. And she says she's done and he does what a husband or what a man who's trying to fix it, quote unquote, does is he tries to make her laugh. He tries to heal what's broken. He makes an effort and she's not having it. And he goes, you know what? Effort, you know, it's like, this is what love is. It's not candles and roses. It's not every day is going to be great. It's when stuff hits the fan, I try you know, I'm trying to heal it. I'm trying to make this work. I'm making an effort to show my wife that I love her regardless of all of this. This action that I'm doing right now is what love is. And she has her moment and she makes a decision. She joins him in this little game and, you know, she's saying that, yes, I'm going to stick with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to join this game and we're going to continue trying to make this work and I'm going to let you love me or whatever. I, that's how I interpret it at the end, you know, and that really, you know, this is what love is line that stuck with me as well. Cause it's like, you know, yeah. love isn't you know, running after you in an airport, you know, big grand gestures. Sometimes it's, we had a huge fight and instead of walking away, I'm coming out here, I'm trying to show you that I still want to be with you. And if you can't accept that, then we can't be together. So it's like, that's what this is. And if, you don't want that, then it is what it is. So, hmm. but again, over the course of the last half hour and walking away, how I felt watching that movie, it does make me feel a bit dirtier. And again, that's the same way I felt at the end of Before Sunset. It's like you're cheating on your wife, dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think I think what you said was beautiful. Um, I feel like the end of the movie is intentionally. I felt like it was a bit ambiguous. Um, I think that they're still together. I don't know if if it's saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if it's saying that he's right about his assessment of love. So at that point, he's sitting next to her and he's turning to her and she's looking away from him and he's telling her what love is. I was really struck by the way he's doing it. It's very aggressive. Mm. And it seemed like this could be me reading into it. Like Ethan Hawke's got kind of a weird uh, sort of face sometimes. Uh, and he can kind of look a little bit like a rat, I guess. But it felt off. And he says it's almost like his primary, one of his primary arguments for why they should stay together is is that um, he loves her and no one else could ever. And that's not really, I don't know, I'm not 40 yet, but uh, it doesn't seem like a positive, yeah. I don't know, reason to stay yeah. together. But at the same time, like he does love her and he has sacrificed a lot for her. And you know what? Like they both had a really bad day today yeah. and making a decision like this right now is not a good idea because they love each other. They've got kids. I think like 
everything in this relationship, it's a very, it's doing everything it can to not make a judgment call. Yeah. And it's trying to provide you with a picture into a life that you can take lessons from, or you can, you can understand, see yourself in maybe. Just like kind of, um, at the, the first movie, it's going to show you a scene and it depends on whether you're a cynic or a romantic as to how you walk away from it. And I think yeah. kind of what you're saying perfectly sums up so many, so many of my thoughts about this, because yeah, just like that, um, he's arguing saying that, you know, nobody's going to love you like me. There's a cynical way to walk away from it. Oh, yeah. he's a, you know, he's abusive. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah. Oh, well, he's like an emotionally abusive. You could see him as an emotionally abusive person. But, yeah. Uh, the romantic view of it is maybe he's right. Maybe the two people they are, are perfect for each other. And yeah, she could leave to find some other guy that talks a different way, but maybe she's not as emotionally fulfilled or happy because at the end of the day, they really do love each other and they compliment each other. And being with you makes me happier than I would be with anybody else. So these are the facts. You can view it however you view it. You know, again, like kind of the movie is saying that because like in the um, coffee shop scene before sunset and then in the little conversation outside in Four Midnight, both movies they're saying if you're a cynic or you're a um, romantic, it shapes how you view it. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, maybe that's what this movie is doing. You know, it is, it's presenting you this love story and what you're bringing into it is going to determine how you walk away from it. Yeah. I think we've uh, exhausted our thoughts on this one. Um, so let's move into our, our quotes. Do you have a quote from this movie, a favorite quote, something that was said that really just kind of stuck with you? Um, man, I, there's so many, right? Like this, this is a movie about words and and they've got great words. I, I really love that um, the line that, and I don't remember the words that she says, but I really love the line that the old lady says it at dinner. Another line that really stuck with me was, um, I, I now understand why Sylvia Plath stuck her head in a toaster. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ethan Hawke comes back right away and says, it was, it was, it was an oven. Yeah. It just, I love how he's grown into the, you know, writer douchebag that he is a little bit. I know, he was just a I young know. punk, you know, idealistic or whatever before, but now he is the artsy fartsy, you know, um, he's a teacher. So, you know, you just kind of, you kind of see who he is as a teacher. Cause there's so many, you know, they're, they're quoting famous authors left and right. And he's, he's correcting her about stuff like that left and right. So it's like, you can kind of see, you know, he's, he's become that artsy, you know, douchebag teacher, you know, what was your favorite quote? Um, so mine are, again, I think they're more depressive. Uh, I think they say more about me as as these moments that stuck out with me, but I got a few of them. Um, like what I was talking about earlier with that corrections, when she's arguing and he, and she says something about his mother and I, and just him, you know, he just goes, um, his mother and me. <laughs> you know, he he corrects her grammar. <laughs> you know, that was just a little moment that just like that just yeah. it just says so much about who even in, even in the middle of the cycle, where he's going to correct her grammar, whether to whether because that's who he is or to be a jerk about it, but at the uh, uh, in the beginning scene in the kitchen, it's like, we're not fighting, we're negotiating. You know, it's just, I love that. <laughs> and, then, and then when <laughs> Celine is arguing, and I, I think this moment, again, before the rest of it, just kind of, it shed light on their relationship to me. He's, uh, she goes, he tells me he wants to throw it all away so we can babysit every other weekend for his ex-wife and kind of to himself, 
not even you know, if you got you got to have close captions on. You got to really be listening to hear it. He goes, "I thought I was in a relationship," you know, and just it says so much about kind of what I was talking about earlier. It's like when you're in that relationship, when you're you think it's a safe, you know, a safe place. You think I can talk to my wife, I can open up, I can be vulnerable. And he goes, "Well, oh, I thought I was in a relationship," and just that that line just kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I love uh, I love when they're driving past the ruins too. It's like, should we wake him up? It's like, nah. We'll we'll see him when yeah. we come by. Like, yeah. We're not going to see him when we <laughs> yeah. come by. I feel like I've done that with a thousand things with my kids too. Yeah. It's like, should we wake him up? Yeah. No, no. I think, yeah, <laughs> Don't wake him up. Yeah, like a little, like I said, you got experience like, <laughs> just little moments like that lay the groundwork for they actually do have yeah. a, you know a solid marriage. You know, that's, that's yeah, what, you know, they do where they love each other's like foibles and they get it and they're like they're yeah. Um, I think that's it. I think those are our thoughts on before midnight. Um, I honestly, I, yeah. just over the conversation with you, I feel like I thought I felt one way. Like I said, even before at the beginning of this conversation, I feel like I thought I I knew how I felt, but over the course of this conversation, I feel muddier, and my thoughts are muddier and more complicated than where they were before. So, again, I'm really looking forward to watching this again in nine years and just who I am and what I've been through with my marriage and. Just, I'm looking forward to how I, yeah. my perspective, how I come back at this. And I wonder how I feel about before sunset watching. So I just, I love that about these movies. These are the type of movies that I want to watch again with time, not necessarily because they're going to change, but because I'm going to change and see something different in them. So, man, I, I feel like that's the best compliment you can pay, you can pay a piece of art, uh, right? Like, like this is the sort of thing that I will come back 10 years from now and, and see different things in. I, I know that's going to be the case with this, and that's with all of them. At the end of the day, I do have a question for you. Ooh, a question for me. What is it, sir? Is this a dad movie? <laughs> I have been thinking about this. Um, yes, this is a dad movie. And this is a husband movie, okay? It's a husband okay. movie. Sub, subcategory of dad. <laughs> well, it's a husband with children movie. So, like, is that a dad movie? I, I guess it has to be because that's, like, you know, tends to be what a dad is. They have kids, right? Um but I think like uh, so I'm not going to fall asleep watching this movie. So it's not yeah. that kind of a dad movie like that. It's it's not like it's not like Armageddon. <laughs> it's not that kind of a dad movie either. It's not something uh, but it's something that I feel is yeah. foundational um, to me. And it's going to be something I come back to over the years. It's going to help me. And that's not to say like I, I'm going to say it's going to help me sort of define the way I act with my family or it's going to inform, I guess, the way I act with my family, with my wife, and with my kids, not to say that like, Oh, it like, I'm going to do exactly what Jesse and, and Celine do, but rather like, I'm going to work to avoid having these kinds of fights. Like, and I know I've, I, you know, I haven't had this fight, but I've had yeah. fights like this that go this direction and, and just seeing that put on the screen is helpful. So yeah, I, I think, I think it's a dad movie. Me myself, I'm going to cheat again. I'm going to split them up because <laughs> hearing you say that. Um, so I'm splitting it into all three movies together and this movie individually. So individually, I'm stealing your word. This is a, a husband movie. This I wouldn't <laughs> call this a dad movie. I feel like this is research. This is something, you know, this is the type of movie you watch <laughs> for introspection. You know, I, I think a, a husband should watch this and what does this say about 
who he is? What does it say about who I am? Do I need to course correct what I'm doing as a husband by watching what's going on in this movie? And this movie doesn't stand alone in that in that scene, but you know, there, there are movies like it. But I do think standalone, this is more of a husband movie than a dad movie. But together, all three of them, definitely dad in that category. Cause I do think I want I want my twenty four year old son to watch all three of these and just kinda, you know, I want you to get that picture. I want you to get that full understanding and, you know, if just, you may feel like you need to tear down your life for that woman, you know, maybe, you know, he, he was, he was married. He had a kid. They were living in America. It's like, I love this woman so much that I'm going to tear my life apart to be with her. And yes, that's on one hand, that's admirable, but on the other hand, has consequences. You should know what it's going to be like. Yeah, and not and not necessarily these exact. I'm not. You don't watch this movie for these exact consequences, but you need to know that what you do matters. You know, and uh, kind of to to go against what you were saying earlier. You know, this is a, a lesson. <laughs> you know, it's just watching this. It teaches you that you know, even if you if if, if you're going to make that decision for love, understand that you know, may, you know. Oh, I love this woman so much. You know, we're not going to wear condoms because I want to be with her forever. Okay, well, five years from now, we'll see how you feel when you when you're when you were making that decision. Did you think about raising kids with her and you know her family and your family? And it's like you gotta think about the actual consequences of your action, what your life is going to look like if you make these decisions. I'm cheating, but part of me wants to show my kid these three movies together just for those little little nuggets of life what have you but yeah so that's my answer to the dad movie question thank you very much for having me on not your father's movies i very much appreciate it thank you for so much for having us on uh my movie fix it's been great great to get some fix <laughs> get some fix <laughs> before we get to our send off um you can find my movie fix podcast on twitter at my movie fix pod uh, you can email me at mymoviefixpodcast at gmail.com. I upload all these episodes on youtube.com slash mymoviefix. If you like what you heard on either one of our um, podcasts, you can find um, My Movie Fix on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. Tell me why you loved it. Again, if you are listening to this, I am giving away Criterion Collection box set of these three movies. If you are what? listening to this, this is your last chance because my next episode after this one, I'm going to tell you who it's going away to. So if you want a Criterion Collection box set of the Before Trilogy, you need to tag your friends in the comment section on one of these posts and then leave a review saying why you want to get this box set. Do that and you may hear your name on next week's episode. So. Uh, Mike, where can the people find your podcast? Where can the people follow you on the internet? So we are uh, Not Your Father's Movies. You can email us at notyourfathersmovies at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at NYFmovies. On Instagram, we're, I think, just Not Your Father's Movies. I don't know how Instagram <laughs> works. I don't know how yes. the internet works. Um, I'm old. But uh, And you can find us wherever podcasts are sold. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, CastBox. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Amazon Podcasts. They have podcasts okay. now. Pretty much anywhere you uh, you get podcasts, we're there. So if you like it, give us a like. Give us a subscribe. We'd really love to hear from you. Hit us up. 
All right. So our final segment of the show is our parting gift. It's our send off um, something that has brought us joy recently that we want to share with you. Maybe it's something that you can do in your life that can bring you joy, something non-movie related. We just like to you know, just give a little nugget to you before we sign off every week. So, Mike, what is your parting gift for the folks? So my parting gift is trains, all the trains everywhere. I uh, I recently took a ride on the train. I used to ride the train all the time in high school. Um, part of part of why I love this series is because of that history. I actually met a really beautiful girl on a train once that did not mm. get off the train with me. I wasn't as brave as as he was. I have no idea where she is she's now. Listening. I don't think we ever exchanged names. <laughs> yeah, she's listening now. Um, <laughs> so like when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. It's about me. Um, I haven't been on a train in 10, 15 years, and I just went on a train ride to a uh, to to work i rode the train into work the other day it was amazing i usually have a long commute like hour hour and a half and i live here in california so public transportation is not something we're very good at but i figured out a way to get to my office using only public transportation and it was amazing i got on the train and i just sat there i didn't have to do anything i had no decision making to do for two hours and then i got to work and i felt so relaxed i came home you know, just rode the train back. It was it was great. Highly recommend it. Trains are great. We should all use our trains more. Is that two hours each way? Uh, it was like an hour and a half each way. It's right, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the things I found interesting that I was I was hoping you would have said is that when I was a guest on Not Your Father's Movies, um, I had recently had a daughter, and my gift was saying that I just had a daughter. And last week, um, Vito's episode, his gift was saying that he just had a kid and he wanted to share that. And uh, Mike just just had a kid a few months ago and his, his gift was trains. <laughs> <laughs> just thought that was interesting. Well, you, well, know? I mean, you, so. you had a daughter. He had a daughter. I had a son. I'm looking for all the boy <laughs> things. I've got two girls. Now I've got a boy. I got to get back on on track with the boy things. We got trains. Next time we're going to have like big trucks. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> so my parting gift is actually um, something interesting. I want to read a poem for you guys that I liked. <clears throat> if I were to write my childhood days to hold my life with a pen, what would I write? What could I write? Would I chart the sands of Africa, the taste of death and of malaria? Would I paint the heat of Trinidad or the snow of 94? Or should I speak of sitting in the hall alone in the worlds of picture books? I do not know. And would a baseball scrape knees or my father shoveling the snow and dragging us to Rectory Hill where all the children laughed quick ways down? Um, but that's, that's an excerpt from a, a book I recently purchased um, poem is called Childhood. The book is called Rain in a Dry Year by Michael Joseph Schaefer Forsyth. Um, so that's my parting gift, folks. I very much recommend you guys check that out. 
my apologies to the author for butchering that reading, but if you're a poem person, definitely recommend you get it on Amazon. It is available right now. It only cost me seven bucks. I, I really thought I was buying uh, like an ebook and I, when I just hit purchase, it just be downloaded to me. But I actually have a physical book in my hand right now. It's light blue cover. It's very pretty. <laughs> and so, and last page, what was funniest to me, it says made in USA, Capel, Texas, 9 October 2021, which oh, is yeah. literally huh? Huh. 30 minutes from where I am right now. <laughs> so I thought that was, you know, it's a very small world. But yeah, so <laughs> that is rain in a dry year. By Michael Forsythe. <laughs> I feel I feel bad for butchering because in my head I read it in perfect prose, but out loud I'm like I'm not. So, a- sounds like a great poet there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Dang, okay. No, that no, is- you you uh, you made it sound better. That's that that than it is. That's for sure. Oh, oh, that's you. Oh, oh my goodness. You know, I I I put that out about. I was the same age as Jesse was. What oh a my goodness. small <laughs> world! What a small world! I, I, wonder how you, I didn't think it was still on Amazon. I'm, I'm, Indeed. I'm incredibly embarrassed. Uh, and embarrassed? No. Thank no. you for, thank you for buying my book. Nothing to be embarrassed about. I would have sent it to you. <laughs> Very much recommended. Like I said, really, I'm, I'm, I'm giving him a jab. I, he didn't know I was coming up with that, but again, I'm, I very much like. There are a lot of real good poems in here, man. So if you're a poem person, check out "Rain in a Dry Year." It's on Amazon right now, seven bucks. So that's it. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> again, my name is Sir, and I'm Mike. Thank you for getting my fix. 